as I was driving over here uh, this morning and, and thinking about these words that I start every message, it came to me that I should say to you, um, you have all of God's grace. And you have all of his mercy. And you have all of his peace. He's not stingy. He has given you all of that in Jesus. We're going to, um, this is what's called a free text. I'm not following one of the lessons today. Uh, from the book of Job, Job chapter 23, verse 10. But he knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, may these words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You who are our strength and our rock, our redeemer. Amen. So here's a resource you may want to check out in terms of, of your daily devotions if you want to spend more time in God's word. It's, it's called the Bible Recap. And it's put out by a group called the D Group, which is led by a lady, uh, Tara Lee Cobble is her name. So the basic goal of the Bible Recap is to help you read your way through the Bible in a year. For every day, there's an appointed reading. You can either read it, or as Karen and I do, we, we listen to it on one of our phone apps where we have the, the Bible in there. And then after you listen to it, uh, then you go back to the Bible recap, and Tara Lee Cobble uh, spends six, eight, ten minutes kind of reviewing what you've read, commenting on what you've read, helping you learn a little bit more about, about what you've read. If you... If you're looking for a devotional tool, I'd say check this one out. And if you aren't looking for a devotional tool, well, maybe, maybe you do want to check this one out, okay? So, today it was day 22 of the program. And we listened to Genesis chapter 30 and 31 this morning, and Tara Lee afterwards. Um, and it's about the story of, of Jacob and his father-in-law, Laban. Now, back on day nine, we were reading from Job. You see, it, this uh, Bible devotion calendar is taking us through the Bible chronologically, which means they're trying to put things in the order that they actually happened in history. And so... We went through the first 11 chapters of Genesis with creation and Noah and the flood and the Tower of Babel. And then we switched into the book of Job because most Bible scholars feel that Job happened after Babel and before Abraham. And so we read through the book of Job and we're done with that. And now we're back in Genesis, okay? Well, anyway... On day nine, the reading from Job 23 caught my attention. And I invite you to take out your Bibles out of the chairs here and open up to Job chapter 23. And it's actually right before the book of Psalms, somewhere's in there. 
And as you open up, just a little bit of, 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 of background information. You most likely know that the book of Job is all about the theme of suffering. And, and Job is a God-fearing, righteous man. And at the beginning of the book, everything is going well, very well for Job. He is prospering. And then all of a sudden, all the wheels start to fall off in Job's life. And he, and he loses most of his wealth, and he loses most of his family. And to make matters worse, Job has these three supposed friends who feel it is their duty to come alongside Job in his time of suffering and tell him and convince him that the whole reason Job is suffering is because God is now settling matters up with Job. God is punishing Job for all of the sins that he obviously has committed. Well, at, at one time, Job responds to what one of his three quote-unquote friends has suggested about how Job is simply getting from God his due. And, and Job says this, he wonders out loud what God is up to in his life. And he goes on to say, you know, I would really like to find God where he's at and talk to him one-on-one. -on -one. And here's what follows. This is Job chapter 23, verse 1. Then Job replied, even today my complaint is bitter. His hand is heavy in spite of my groaning. If I only knew where to find him, if only I could go to his dwelling, I would state my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would find out what he would answer me and consider what he would say. Would he oppose me with great power? No, he would not press charges against me. There an upright man could present his case before him, and I would be delivered forever from my judge. Now let's just stop there and, and note a couple of things. Job's friends and Job's comments notwithstanding, happily, Job does not buy into what they are saying. He knows that God doesn't work that way. And Job also has a very clear conscience. He understands and knows that whatever sins he has committed, his God has been gracious and has forgiven those sins. I take you back to the words that Job said. Job said if he were to talk to God and be in God's presence, that no, he would not press any charges against me. Now, it's what Job said next that caught my attention. Picking up with verse 8 of chapter 23. But if I go to the east, he is not there. If I go to the west, I do not find him. When he is at work in the north, I do not see him. When he turns to the south, I catch no glimpse of him. Job is looking here for some evidence of the presence of God in his life. He looks to the east and he looks to the west, he looks to the north, he looks to the south. He does a 360 in his life, and he does not see God. God is nowhere to be found. What do you do when you look for God in your life and you can't see him? 
Have you ever felt that way? Has there ever been a time in your life where you wondered and when you wondered where was God? Or what he was up to in your life? Again, Job has a sense that God is up to something in his life when he is at work in the north, he says. But just what that something was and where God actually was in his life, that was all just one great big question mark for Job. Can you relate to that? Are you in such a time of life now that you're wondering, where is God? You're looking and you cannot see him. You've looked to the north, the south, the east, and the west. You can't see him. And if you're not in such a time right now, might it be possible, given how all the uncertainties of life might it be possible that tomorrow you might find yourself in such a situation, looking high and low for where God might be and not seeing him? Given that you might be in such a place someday, if not today, possibly tomorrow, it's good to know where Job ended up in all of this. Because where he ended up is the whole point of the book. Look at verse 10. Here's where Job ended up. But he knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I will come forth as gold, even when I can't see him. God is still there and working in my life. That's what Job is saying with those words. Even when I can't see him, God is still there working in my life. And not only did Job believe that God was still there and working in his life, he also believed that what God was working for in his life was the absolute best thing for him. Again, Job's words, when he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. The Apostle Paul would echo Job's thoughts a couple of thousand years later by writing these words in Romans, Romans chapter 8. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Job didn't use that many words. 
Same spirit inspiring Job as was inspiring Paul, just fewer words. When he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. In fact, it is that same spirit who today works such a faith in us should we find ourselves in a similar situation. When we can't see God in our lives, when you can't see him, when I can't see him. Then in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We also have this in common with Job. His bottom line for believing that even though he couldn't see him, in, see him in his life, he couldn't see God in his life, his bottom line for believing that God was still in his life and God was working for good in his life is the same as our bottom line can be. Job's bottom line was his faith in the Christ and what the Christ would do especially what the Christ would do in rising from the grave. Now, I'm sure you've heard these words of Job before, especially at Easter. I know you'll hear them again this year at Easter. Note well that these words that I'm about to read are from Job chapter 19, which means... They come before his words in Job chapter 23, which means they are the foundation for what Job says in chapter 23 and what Job believed in chapter 23 when Job looked and looked and looked some more and yet still couldn't see God in his life. This is the foundation for what Job believed and why he said this. When he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. Job chapter 19, verses 23 to 27. Oh, that my words were recorded, that they were written on a scroll, that they were inscribed with an iron tool on lead, or engraved in rock forever. I know that my Redeemer lives, and that in the end he will stand upon the earth, and after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. With my own eyes, I and not another, how my heart yearns within me. I can't help but wonder that if Job had this moment of his resurrection and his beholding his Redeemer with his own eyes, if that isn't the moment and the outcome that he's speaking of when he said, when he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. His gold was eternal life in heaven with Christ. And that pot of gold 
was waiting for him at the end of the rainbow of God's promises of being faithful and being his redeemer. Job's foundation. The risen and living redeemer. Jesus Christ. Job's foundation for believing that even when he can't see God in his life, that God is still there. His foundation for believing that is the same as our foundation for believing that in those times when we look and we look and we look some more and wonder and ask, I don't see God. Where is he? I know that my Redeemer lives. And even when we can't see him, he is there. It is just that truth which by the power of the Holy Spirit, when we look and we can't see God, it is that truth that enables us to commend ourselves into God's hands, regardless of circumstance, and pray, Thy will be done. Please listen to a song by that title.